Eternal Entrepreneur, we believe faith comes by hearing, and so do business skills. You'll hear powerful stories and strategies to grow your business, directly from Christian leaders who have done it all before. Catch us on Mondays for lunch breaks, our bite-sized business series, and twice a month on Fridays for faith-inspiring interviews. Well, hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Pierce Brantley, along with my co-host, Joe Newton, and we cannot be more excited to share with you our conversation today with Shay Bynes. Shay co-founded the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, a movement which has inspired over half a million entrepreneurs around the globe. Known as Chief Fire Igniter, her empowering content, storytelling, and strategy has changed the way people think about business. Her most popular book, Grace Over Grind, will challenge you, shift your thinking, and transform the way you work so you can do more than you can imagine in your business. Well, Shay, first, welcome to the Eternal. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. I, I feel like we finally hit a certain level that uh, we're getting celebrities onto the podcast now. So thank you for, for being our first celebrity here. And, That's uh, hilarious. <laughs> but for, for that one Alaskan fisherman who just found out that there are podcasts, can you give our audience a little bit of background, how you entered into entrepreneurship and then where God decided that uh, he wanted to take you in a different direction? Sure. So I, I did not grow up in a family surrounded by entrepreneurs. I grew up under, you go to college, you go get a good job. So that's how I was raised. But while I was in college, I had a friend who was very entrepreneurial minded. And so he and I would always have conversations about business ideas and stuff like that. And so when I graduated college, I started my corporate career in technology, but I always had this sense that I, I didn't think I was going to stay in corporate for forever. You know, so I always had a little business going on on the side. Now, I, I was born in church, but I was not involving God in any of my professional life or business unless it was kind of like a, a you know, a, hey, Lord, I'm having a problem with this. Can you help a sister out? Right. So just so you know, the context of my relationship with the Lord at the time, I was a Sunday, Wednesday night going to church Christian. So but I was working my corporate job working a business on the side. And what happened was in 2009, I was writing out my goals in January as I did every January. And as I did every January, I would basically write out my goals and then I would ask God to bless them. And I wouldn't ask him really what his thoughts were. I wouldn't ask him for any of that. So it's just like, here are my plans, you know, please bless them, you know? And in January of 2009, as I was doing what I normally do, for the first time, I heard him speak to me about what my goals were. And one of the things he said to me that I just heard my heart so clearly was, you're going to leave your job by June of 2010. And I'm thinking, I don't see how that's going to go down. I had a very good corporate career, a very nice paycheck. I had a very small side business. And so, and I'm also a very analytical, logical, strategic person. And so I couldn't come up with any kind of plan that would take me from January of 2009 to June of 2010 to be able to leave that job. I think I was made just, just under six figures at the time. But I knew that that was the Lord, so I wrote it down. So I wrote it down. I went throughout that whole time, that whole year, and I kept feeling really uncomfortable, you know, even though career was going great, I was feeling uncomfortable. I was feeling those nudges like, you're going to get ready to leave this job. My husband had already blessed it, but it didn't make sense because I made three times much more than he did. And so there was nothing logical about leaving my job. But fast forward in April of 2010, I was at a business conference and I was getting ready to go to the last session and I was ironing my clothes to go. 
And I heard from the Lord like I had never, ever, ever heard from the Lord before. And I have not heard this since. <laughs> and it was one word and it was go. And I, it was it was so strong that, you know, I, I just knew that this was God and I knew exactly what the go was about. And so the next day I called my boss and I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I've got to get my 30 days notice. He said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. He said to do what? I said, I don't know. And so sure enough, my last day, I worked at IBM. My last day at IBM was May 31st, 2010, one day before June. 2010. I didn't even make that connection until months later. So that that incident, that kind of encounter that I had was the first time ever in my life that I exalted the wisdom of God over my own wisdom in a decision like that. So that was the beginning shift for me. That was the very first shift for me. So that was in 2010, 11 years ago, almost now. And was that specifically to do the the kingdom driven entrepreneur? No, or was that? The, I didn't oh, know what you it was didn't even for. have that. Oh, right, okay. Like that wasn't even in. Like no, I was in. So what I was doing in business time, I was real estate investing, and so I was investing in real estate. I also had a very popular real estate investing blog because I've been sharing my advent. I'm a storyteller. I've been sharing my adventures as I was learning real estate along the way, and so so I was just doing that. I was making some affiliate income online in real estate, and I was investing in property. And so when I left, I figured. I guess I'm just going to do more of this. And honestly, I didn't even ask God why I was leaving or what I was supposed to be doing after I left. I just dug deep into what I had already been doing, assuming that that's what I was supposed to do. So I did that for about six months and I was, and I was grinding like, cause I'm like, God's got me out here. I need to make some money. And so I went hard for six months and I made little, little progress. Like considering how much time I was spending and I knew what I was doing cause I'd been doing it for a few years at that point. It was like God had his hand on that. Like, you know, you're not, you're not going to get too far on this one. So after six months, I heard him say to me, are you done yet? And I said, yeah, I guess so. So why did I leave my job again, Lord? <laughs> that was encounter number two. <laughs> Shay, in that first, in that first season, what did that, did you have any sense that maybe you had misheard or that, you know, you, you had thought wrong or did you no. think that? You were just trying to figure out the puzzle that God had given you. What what was kind of going on in your mind in that first? I, I that would first never thing? have done so. Like I knew it was God. There was nothing in me that didn't think it was God. The level of encounter that I had in that hotel room, mm. it was clearly the Lord. Like I, it wasn't me. It wasn't even my, it wasn't my thought. It wasn't my plan. None of that. And I never heard from God like that before with just such intensity. I don't mean like an audible voice, but it might as well have been that's because it was so intense for me, you know, wow. of that moment. So I never doubted that it was God. It's just that I was a grinder and I was a control freak. And so I took the plan associated with that into my own hands. I was just trying to figure it out on my own apart from him. <laughs> So, but I never questioned that that was him. I, I never did. Wow. And so when he said, are you done yet? <laughs> you knew exactly what he was talking about yes. instantly. <laughs> I instantly knew. It's like, are you done just trying to like, I call it my season of faithless action taking. Like I was going hard, like I'm going hard. I'm, I showed my faith by leaving my job and now I'm going to be faithful to this work and I'm going to, I'm going to make this thing happen. And he's like, yeah, no. So yeah, I knew that that was him and I knew that was, okay, would you like to pay attention to why you left the job? Would you like to maybe talk to me about your whole work life? Like, would you like to? It was the invitation, you know? 
And it just had to be kind of a little bit forced upon me because I was off to the races doing what strategic people do, you know, achievement. I was still achievement oriented, performance driven. I, all of those things at that time of my life. And so he just kind of, he encountered me in a little bit of a different way. He, he met me exactly how he needed to meet his child. <laughs> so, it, was, it was another two years, two years later before Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur came to play. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so did you look, looking back and I know this is one of those, like, who knows, but looking back now, once you got it through your head, do, do you think you, if, if you were to go back, is it one of those, you would have been like, okay, I would have gotten that first piece of info and then been like, knock at his door again, or. I it, would like to think that that's, that that's what I would do. <laughs> but I mean, that's just not who I was at that time. I mean, the way my right. relationship he was with Lord was, was very compartmentalized, yeah. you know? Mm. I mean, it, I mean, it, when I say it, for real, it was the first time that I would take something that was so illogical and do it, you know, because that's how intensely I knew that that was God. It was yeah. very contrary to my personality type, very contrary. I love seeing the way that God is okay in fathering us and letting us, uh, I, I kind of akin it to that, that analogy of when you run as a little kid and slam into the glass door, you know, he knows you're going to be all right. You're yes. not running that hard, but he, he, he's willing to let that and then let Absolutely. you come to him and, and then father you through that. So, okay. So you, you get the wake up call. Then what happened? Yes. So I get that wake up call. And so at that point, now I've at least kind of inclined my ear toward him, you know, concerning like all areas of my life. So at that point, it's like, okay, I kept doing my real estate business. And I had a couple of other things going on at that time. I was consulting people in real estate and all of that. But at that point, now I was just kind of asking for his thoughts concerning things. And I was kind of working in a rhythm with him. Okay. Not the way I do now, but I was doing, you know, I was, I was doing it in the baby steps that I could, you know, at that time. Now, fast forward uh, into 2012, uh, one of my real estate buddies had contacted me and he said, Hey, I met this woman. And when I met her, I really felt like I was supposed to connect you to. And I said, that's cool. So he connects me with this woman. She lived out in LA and I had a conversation with her and the whole time I'm like, she seems pretty cool, but I don't know why he was so adamant that we meet. But after we had our chat, she says to me, I have this client that I really feel like I'm supposed to connect you with. So she connects, this is March, 2012. She connects me with this woman named Antonina Gear. And when I met Antonina, she's a, she was a business owner in South Carolina, we hit it off immediately. And I knew that there was a reason why we met other than, hey, she seems pretty cool. And, you know, so about a month and a half into our just kind of getting to know one another, I said to her, I said, Antonina, I really sense that God wants to do something specific like that. We met for a really specific reason. And she said, I've been sensing the same thing. So I said, well, let's just go pray about it and come back in a week. So we did that, came back, talked about some stuff. It's like, no, nah, it's not that. I said, let's pray some more and come back in another week. We did this three times. On the third time, she says, Shay, I have these words that the Lord gave me. They're in my journal. I don't know what it's about, what it's for, what I'm supposed to do with it. But the words are kingdom driven entrepreneur. Now check this. What immediately came out of my mouth, which was the Holy Spirit, because I had no idea what I was talking about. I said, that's a community. It's a movement. And it starts with a book. And She's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, because those words flew out before I had a chance to process something, think that I knew something. I didn't know anything. It just flew out of my mouth. And so now me and this essential stranger, we're like, okay, Lord, what is a kingdom driven entrepreneur? 
have we been kingdom driven entrepreneurs? What is this community of movement that starts with a book and how are we writing a book about this? So this was my life <laughs> in 2012. And so for those next six months, me and this essential stranger, were just like, it was us and Jesus just like, what is this? What are we doing? We were writing. Like we, we just met and nothing made sense. But as we were writing, it sounded like the same person. Like we would exchange our chapters. And we're like, this is so weird, you know? And so we were having this, we were just experiencing this over the next six months. We were like learning how to walk out, hearing his voice, responding, all of that in the midst of these six months to do the thing called Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. And so sure enough, we signed a ridiculous operating agreement because we didn't know what it was other than a community and a movement that starts with a book. And we launched in 20, in the, the end of 2012 with a, a book that we gave away and invited people into a community that we started on Facebook. Now, she's not involved in operations anymore. She's a founding partner, but she's not involved in operations, which, but she's a dear, dear friend. But that's how Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur started. Two unlikely people that had to ask the Lord, what is a Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur upon getting an assignment called Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur? So when people say, you know, when people say that thing that they say is a cliche, that God doesn't call, call he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. <laughs> I'm like, that's no cliche. I like very unlikely person to do something. I had to ask him, what is this? You know, so that's how Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur started. We didn't show up like, hey, we're gurus. We've been doing this for years. We showed up like we're two yielded people that are learning this and sharing as we go because God said we're this is something we're supposed to be doing. So come along for the ride. You know, that's how we showed up. How did how did it look like working that out? Like kind of in the, that early season, did were you drawn to the type of work that you were doing, or or like did it excite you, or were you more kind of lent into what you felt like the Lord was kind of working working through you? Or I, yeah. I'm curious what that looks like because I think That's we all really kind of go question. through that. No one's ever asked me that question. That's a good question. So there's uh, there's one thing I didn't share that I think will help answer this question. About a month and a half or so before we actually launched Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, remember I told you I was like a grinder, like I was gonna make it happen or whatever. And all these things that I was experiencing with God were very different for me. But I had, I was at this women's conference and the pastor there was, you know, talking about how God gives us eyes to see, ears to hear and all of that. And, and so she prayed over us and she had said, you know, I'm praying that God's going to show you something or he's going to speak something to your heart. And at this time, like I'm knowing there's more to God than I'm experiencing. And so I had this hunger, like if I'm going to do this thing, like I need to know you at another level, like, you know, cause this is crazy to me. And so Anyway, she prays over us. She's done praying. I didn't hear anything. She's asking women to stand up. Have you heard something? Did you see something? All these women are standing up. And I'm like, I didn't see or hear anything. But she's sharing her closing words. And as she's sharing her closing words, I fell down out of nowhere. Now, nobody touched me. I, was, I just fell down. And I fell down my nose on the high-heeled shoe of, this, of the sister that I came to the conference with. And I could not move my body. I kept trying to get up off the floor and I couldn't get off the floor. And so I'm starting to feel super self-conscious. So I'm like, what is happening? And I just knew eventually this was God because I literally could not move my body. And so I said to the shoe, <laughs> to the Lord, okay, like, give me up off this floor, you know, why I'm on this floor. And then I was like, okay, like, what is it? Because clearly there's something you want to do here. And so as soon as I had said, what is it? I had this vision 
I, this had never happened to me before. It was like watching a movie and I was a child on a playground and we were playing the trust fall game where you fall backwards and you trust the person behind you is gonna catch you when you fall. And so I fell backwards, but at the last second, I put my arm back to brace myself for a fall. And I heard, that's what you do to me. So I'm just sitting there like lovingly convicted and he says, do you want to know why you do that? And I said, yeah. And he says, because you have absolutely no idea how much I love you. So now I'm able to get up off the floor. And then I go back to the hotel room. And then the next morning when my, my, my friend is like, hey, what happened last night? I have another encounter with God in that hotel room where he's just inundating me with love, showing me who he is as father, showing me who. So at this point, I go home from that conference and have just all these crazy things happening with the Lord that I'd never experienced before in my life. And it took that, it was that series of things going on, that kind of that swirl of activity and growing in God in that couple of weeks time that shifted me forever, honestly. Because at that point, to get back to your question, Pierce, at that point, I was in it for the adventure because now I know I'm loved. I know he has my best in mind. I can trust him and I really can't surrender Yes. To him. But it took that. Otherwise, I still would have been the holding the reins person doing something called kingdom driven entrepreneur. And it wouldn't have even made sense. So so that was the shift. That's a fantastic shift. And there's something so, so powerful in that. You mentioned at the end of Grace Over Grind that almost the perspective we have to come to this stuff is actually as a child would to their father. And I'm I'm sure part of that was even birthed out of that experience you had. That's so counterintuitive, though, because... I think we all naturally have a persona that we see ourselves as when we operate a business. For me, it's Tony Stark. He's not real, which is probably why I never (laughs) accomplished anything he's done. But we all have kind of an aspirational identity. And if we don't, the world certainly says there's definitely a way that you do and you don't act if you are going to play this game. That's right. And the Lord says, hey, come to me as a child would you can't enter the kingdom unless you come as a child. And for some reason we think, well, yeah, that applies to the kingdom, but my Christian business doesn't have a K at the beginning. So what, well, you know, why do I have to kind of think that way, but it changes, it shifts. So I think that's really powerful because it's obviously had a huge influence on. Oh, it changed everything. Like that, that was a moment. That was a season of my life that could change me forever. You know, get a revelation of love and a revelation of who I am as his daughter was foundational. And that helped me then grow in intimacy with him, knowing that I could trust him. So that helped me because I've been doing all this stuff that I've been doing that sounds really crazy and counter. I was doing that out of reverential fear of the Lord. Like, I've never heard from God like this. And I know this is God. So let me just do this. It wasn't out of relationship. It wasn't out of, you know, knowing more who he is or who I am. None of that. It was just like, I fear, I do fear the Lord, you know? And yeah. so I'm going to go do this because I've never experienced this before, but it shifted to then an adventure. Then it was like, I don't know what God's doing, but whatever it is, my answer is yes. So that sh- that or- changed the orientation of my heart and my mind concerning how I was going to approach business. And I mean, that's still my approach to business, right? Which is my answer is just a consistent yes to the Lord. You know, whatever that looks like, wherever that goes, I'm in for it. I call it the wild and crazy and amazing adventure with God. You know, so mm. it doesn't have to always make sense to me, but I fully, I'm, I'm, I am fully now grounded in identity that helps me to walk this thing out in a way that never would have been possible if I did not have a re- revelation of love foundationally 
and who I am as his daughter. I, I think that paradox is amazing because so often when you think about operating a business, you think about its foundation and you think about what are the principles that I'll operate underneath in order to have a relationship with my customer, with my partners, whomever. And the inverse you have found to be true for the kingdom business, which is out of love, out of intimacy, out of obedience, out of relationship, that is the actual foundation. That is the foundation. That and is. There, there's nothing to move past until that is a baseline. And we, and the world flips it. It goes the other That's way right. around. And even and, in Christian business, it's, it's often that way, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of believers who are out here just doing things for the glory of God. And what I'm saying is if you're a kingdom, you got to do this with the presence of God. We have mm. to do this out of relationship. We're doing this with him. We're not like on some mission doing things for the glory of God out here doing all kinds of things, right? Oh, we are, but we shouldn't be. We should be operating out of a place with him. Mm -hmm. We talk about being revealers of his nature, his character, his glory. That happens with him, not apart from him and saying, I'm just, you know, I, but I'm out here doing it for the Lord and to God be the glory, you know, yes. it's just yes. a different posture. It is a different posture. Okay. So you've got that mandate. Yeah. You, you lived out that mandate and you went forward in it. What was one of, can you, do you have any stories of, of a, like a practical when you actually had to kind of, all right, day in the life, apply it and, and, oh, yes. and, and test this thing out? Oh, yes. I have a million stories. Um, I will tell you one of the early, the early stories. Okay. One of the earliest tests for me <laughs> after starting Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, first of all, we didn't know what we were doing. So it was like we were praying every day, like, okay, so Lord, these people are here. We had 2000 people show up in this Facebook community. And we're like, now what? <laughs> what are we doing with them? You know, but one of the things relatively quickly that came up for us was that we were going to be doing this um, uh, retreat now, it was kind of weird because we're still trying to figure out kind of what we're doing, what this is about. And when we're like, okay, well, Lord, if we're going to do a retreat, why are we getting together? What is this about? Like, what are we going to put? Like, we're going to market this thing. So what are we going to say? He said, oh, they're just coming to encounter me, Lord. Okay. But what are we going to say? Like, what is the marketing? Like, what are we saying are the outcomes of this event so that people will spend money and show up in Phoenix, Arizona? He says, they're just coming to encounter me. Okay, so Lord. Okay, so first of all, we had to go ahead. We put together, he just kept talking to us about logistics, not in the only outcome that he would talk to our hearts about was they're just coming to encounter me. It would happen with me individually and my, and my co-founder individually. We would come back together. We got, we got nothing else, right? So here we are, completely contrary to our nature and what makes sense in business, saying, hey, hey, we're going to do this kingdom-driven entrepreneur retreat in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it's going to be this date. Uh, the schedule looks like this. Session one, uh, session two, <laughs> a panel. We couldn't tell them what was going to happen when we got there. And we're like, this is dumb, you know, but we did it because he wouldn't give us anything else. And we were, we were not in the makeup ministry. We are not in the make this up ministry. Okay. So it was like, all right, so we'll just put that out there. Do you know 30 something people signed up, flew in to Phoenix, Arizona without knowing what we were going to do when we got there. We didn't say, hey, come here and learn X, Y, and Z. None of that. And yet they showed up. And, to the, and all the way to the time of that event, this was 2014, January. It was so funny because even after people signed up, we're like, okay, Lord, they're signed up. We were faithful to do that. Now, what do you want us to do when we get there? Wouldn't give us anything. Get, get them journals. Get them journals. 
okay, but what are we gonna teach them? Oh, they're just coming to encounter me. <sighs> That's all he gave us. And so we actually went to Phoenix, Arizona, not knowing what we were going to say, teach, share, or whatever when we got there. We had a agenda, we had a schedule with no agenda other than knowing that God said they want to, they're here to encounter me. But there was only one thing on the agenda that we kind of had a sense of what we were going to do. Everything else, we, what was happening was while we were learning how to flow with him while we were there. And to this day, six years later, we still see the fruit in the lives of people who were, who, who were there. Like, and exactly what he said is exactly what took place there. I mean, things took place that it was a business retreat, but it ended up, it ended up like some massive inner healing. I don't know what was going on. I mean, I'm literally standing there. I mean, the person who had never even prayed in front of a group of people before at this event, and God's like, okay, we'll pray for this one or speak about this. And so I'm flowing while we're going. It's completely contrary. That was my first, I felt like I was way out of the boat. And, and that was the, it, after I did that, I knew that there was a lot more that I was capable of doing with him. And that I didn't have to, when I saw the fruit of what happened, when I just said, Hey, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to be in the makeup ministry. And I'm just going to trust you when you said, this is what it is. And if you won't give us anything else, we're not going to do anything else and see how that played out. That was it for me. That was all she wrote. Like that was like, that felt like boot camp in our, in our early years, you know? And so there was things like that. And I'm not saying that that's even strategic or makes sense, but the wisdom of God should always be exalted in a, in, in a matter more than our own experiential wisdom, the wisdom of the experts or whatever. There's no greater expert than he is. Right. And so in the beginning stages, there was a lot of that. And I believe that was because we really, I mean, if we're going to carry and impart a message around kingdom driven entrepreneurship, we had to be able to walk that out because we hadn't had to walk that out really extensively in our own businesses. God just brought all this stuff and placed mm -hmm. it in our lap <laughs> in 2012, right? So we had to model this thing. Otherwise we would just be talking. So that was one of the early things. And there's been many of things honestly like that where we've had to stretch in faith and things that we didn't have money for that the bank account said no, but God said yes. And then we'd see how God just crazily put everything together for us. I mean, I got stories for days. That is, I mean, what I teach has absolutely been, is my life where what we walk that out of what does this really look like to exalt his wisdom always, to walk in faith, radical obedience <laughs> and radical faith. Just, you know, what does it look like to do that? And I don't mean that there's no wisdom that's, you know, experiential wisdom. I'm not saying throw these things out the door. I embrace all of those things too, but, when his, but I, but I exalt his wisdom overall. Right. And so that's just an early story, but I got, I got tons of them. I love how in your story and, and, and quite a few of your, your stories in your books, you have this beautiful balance as far as walking out in obedience without knowing all the details, but you still take action. Like, yes, I, I'm sure you've had analysis paralysis or whatever you want to call it, waiting on the Lord times, but I, I love I, yeah, I love repeatedly you're willing because you were seeking the door, like you were knocking on the door, but you were still moving forward. Yes, because I believe that faith is not faith unless it has a corresponding action. Mm. So I can't say I'm walking in faith if I'm not walking. I don't have to run. I don't have to leap. I don't have to climb over a wall, but I do need to walk. And so if I get 
whatever little bit I've got, I'm going to steward that and just believe God that he's going to show me more as I move. And mm. so, yeah. So if I do deal with analysis paralysis, which yes, I absolutely do. Ultimately, I'm going to land at what's that, what's the little thing, even to this day, nine years later, you know, what's the little thing that I can do right now to steward this and see what happens as I go, you know? And sometimes that faith, Filled movement is me to be still and pray and seek God about something. Sometimes that is the thing, but I believe that is also an action. So when people act like, oh, you know, you've got to pray with your feet and all that stuff. Yeah, but if the action is, it is to sit with him. I mean, some of our biggest breakthroughs came because we paused and then prayed, fasted even in one case, and we'd see some serious things shift or a serious, you know, uh, insight that we needed for our next step, right? So sometimes that is the action. So I don't like, uh, so I'm not, I'm not on the team of, oh, well, it's not action if it's praying. No, pray is a verb. It is an action word, you know? And so, but there is something that's, you know, to steward and that's a demonstration of our faith. I think that's so powerful because, well, you mentioned this in, in Grace Over Grind, but, you know, oftentimes we'll say, you know, let me go do something. And I'll just say, well, Jesus and I went and, and did this. And you're like, well, there's, there's some dysfunction in that. I'm not sure how much that, that looks like Jesus, but I mean, you can say you and Jesus hustled, but I mean, on, let's be honest about right. who was actually doing the work here. That's, that's interesting because I know for the type a personality, the really driven person, they say, Hey, you know, let's go do seven SWOT analysis. I don't even know why we need that many, but let's go do them. And let's make sure we get all the facts straight before we move forward. And then, yeah, that's right. We, we are a Christian business. So let's season some prayer on top and, and make sure that this thing is, you know, anointed in holy water. Right. But, but it's flipped. It's flipped. It's start with this, this posture. The Seek kingdom first. of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Like it really is Matthew 633 posture. All these things. All cool. these things. All these things. You're and last plan. I checked, all meant all. Greek, all. Hebrew, like whatever. Like all means all. <laughs> your quarterly plan, your hiring plan, your financial projections, who you serve, all of it is secondary. All of it comes after. And all of it probably will but you got to get yourself straight. That's good. And, it's, and it is a journey and it's a process and he's there for it every step of the way. That's the point. That it's the growing point. with him, hmm. doing business with him. It's doing everything in relationship with yes. God and with one another. Right. I mean, that's yes. what it's about. Well, that's so good because typically any kind of business relationship is about earning something. You're either earning them as a customer, you're trying to either earn a dollar off of them, earn their respect, earn a partnership, whatever. And the Lord has said, hey, listen, all of those things might be outcomes mathematically, consequentially, but intimacy is where there is fruit. You, lo I love the Bible's analogies of of uh, oftentimes using fruit as the way of something working because it's it's an outcome of growth yeah. and of watering and of something that was designed to be a certain way and that's where the good stuff comes from. Yes, you know, even the Bible's analogy of the wages of sin being death. We have to it. We work for something, then it pays us in death versus the gift of God. So often. Uh, the intimacy of God gives us a gift, which is, you know, uh, alignment with his heart and, and really a, a healthier business. Yes. 
it's like the scripture says in him we move we breathe like we have our very being like in him that's the idea that's the idea and it really is a shift for a lot of people it certainly was a shift for me i mean some people that's not a radical shift for them they just kind of they've been that way for years but i know i wasn't and most business people that i run into that's not the case for them either you know it doesn't matter whether they were a christian since you know they came out their <laughs> out their mama like i was or whether they just you know met the lord last week regardless it's like most people that i meet it's not business with god the majority yes. you know and so that's why I know that, you know, we're going to be doing this work for a long time. Yes. I think, what do you think about the, you mentioned the fear of God earlier, and I think that's a really, <laughs> a really valuable thing. Yes. Because oftentimes, well, you tell me, I, you know, I think I see a lot of, a, a lot of business owners who they want to, a Christian business owners who they want to have a kingdom business. They, they really do. But the unhealthy fear of God, the, the fear of what is he going to take away? If I ask him, if I really ask him into this keeps them at arm's length when it comes to inviting them into their work. And sadly, what happens is it actually makes their work drier or more. It comes from a per perspective of strife. Um, what would you say about that? Have you, have you seen that or, you know, what would you say to the entrepreneur who is struggling to really move into intimacy? Yeah. Well, I always say it's an invitation, right? I mean, we have, we have free will. Uh, that's, that's absolutely a demonstration of his, his ultimate love to us, but it's like, we have an invitation to experience his best. If we believe the word in which we read, right, then we should want to experience that, that God, you know, we want to experience the very character, all every, the promises that the, who we are, you know, the one who knew our, knows the end from the beginning, the one who knew us before we were in our mother's womb, like, like we should desire that. And there does have to be like a seed of desire for that. Remember I said, I had this reverential fear of the Lord, but I also had, there was something in my heart that, that desired to respond to get to know him more. I was saying yes to an invitation. Mm -hmm. I did ultimately have to say yes to an invitation. So I always encourage people to, to say yes, because don't you want, answer the simple question. Do you want to experience God's best? Do you want this Bible, which you say is the guide for your life? Do you want to see the realities of that in your life? in your business, every area. If the answer is yes, then there are some uncomfortable yeses that you are going to give, but they will all be extraordinarily worth it. So I say, focus on Ephesians 3 and 20. <laughs> now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask thee or even imagine according to the power that works within us, the Holy Spirit, right? Like that's what we've got available. John 10 and 10. Right, he came to give us life, life more abundant, like to the full, to the overflow. Like, do we want that or do we not? It, the answer to me is simple. And if someone has a hard time answering that question, but if there's even a little bit of a seed that says yes, God's working on that thing. Any mm -hmm. amount of hunger that you have for the things of God, he always satisfies it, always, always. And so just if you just posture your heart just a little bit, you will be so grateful that you did. That's what I'd say to people. That's so good. I know 
so I had a, a boutique business back in my early twenties that I sold and uh, it was basically nothing more than a client list, but it was my client list. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I was really proud of it, but you know, uh, it, in figurative ways, I nearly killed myself trying to make that thing work. Yeah. And I thought it was completely in my own efforts. And so I, you know, I'd ask agency owners, Hey, how many clients do you have right now? And they'd be like, I have 24. And I'm like, I need to have 24 clients in order to be successful, regardless right. of the fact that they had a team, you know, and, and I would work and work and work and work and work. And I was working honestly, seven days a week, sometimes doing all nighters over and over again. And in the back of my mind at that time in life, I was thinking, well, this is just the entrepreneur's life and I'm willing to do what no one else is going to do all the while killing myself, you know, yeah. and at least killing my time this, you know, depreciating returns after a certain point in life. That's right. And, and the Lord at a certain point, um, fast forward broke that in me. And I'd never found this verse before, but it was Proverbs 10, 22. And he basically says, Hey, listen, the, the wealth of the Lord comes without sorrow you are making yourself sick in sorrow by going after things uh, from the perspective of achievement and the perspective of, of, of trying to wear a title. Yes. Whereas I will literally give you the business. I, I really did genuinely desire, have a desire to partner with God. But what I thought that looked like was effectively go and do your own thing. Yeah. And, and he's going to come with you. And I think he gives us some agency, but there's yes. wisdom with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, there is a definitely a, a level of wisdom with that. You can't have one before the other. But I think we forget that, that he's willing to give us something. It's an outcome of all things that he does. It's, it's a relationship. And so anyway, I, I just love yeah. what you're saying because it just speaks so true. Yeah. It's like, if, if we do, we want access to you know, I, I call them heavenly assets. Like there's wisdom, there's wisdom that is above anything that you could possibly want. There's, there's direction, there's aligning your heart, aligning your heart with his heart concerning the people that you serve, how you show up in the marketplace. Like every, like he really does care about mm. all the things yeah. and he has insight. And the thing is, and as you grow and doing that thing in intimacy with him, what happens for me, this took about two and a half, two and a half years. Hmm. But what happens is as you focus in on that intimacy with him, that begins to become so strong that that Psalm, I think it's 37 and four becomes true, which is that as you have delighted yourself in him, that he's given you the desire of your heart. And what happens then is that now your heart's desires, his heart's desires are one. Wow. You're in alignment. You're not like dreaming outside of him, whatever. Now we're one. And I remember when this shift happened because I was sitting around waiting for instructions and they weren't coming anymore. And I didn't understand why. And after two weeks, I was like, Lord, I used to say, Jesus, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like I have my business name go. What are we doing, Jesus? Like, what are we doing? And then after about two weeks, it's like I was hearing an echo. What are we doing? No, no, no. Jesus, what are we doing? And it was like, what are we doing? And so that was happening, but I wasn't catching what was, I wasn't catching what he was throwing down. Yeah. And then eventually he said, you have my heart. What do you want to do? Come on. And then it was like, ah, it just entered me into another level of freedom and friendship with him. Wow. And it was like, but it was after I learned how to take my like control freakish nature and analytical and all those things, which are gifts, analytical, strategic, all those things are gifts, but they weren't submitted to him. Yes. And so it took that bit of a process for me of walking that out, that faith and obedience, that faith and obedience, learning how to hear and respond, hear and respond before our hearts like are aligned. And then it's like, what do you want to do? Let's go do it. I know I trust you 
and you're mm. still keeping an ear to hear, you're ready for correction at any time, like guidance and correction or whatever, but what do you want to do? Yeah. Let's go do it, you know? And that was such a beautiful, you know, part of this growth, you know, and another, and just kind of discovering different aspects of our identity in him. But it did, but it was about a two and a half year period of me doing a whole lot of uncomfortable, but me, I was, it was, it was like I was training to trust that I heard and to respond. For those who are at the beginning of this journey and they're saying, Shay, I love the idea of alignment with God. I had never really seen that lived out in, in my business, yeah. but I'm willing to be made willing. What's the first step of getting yes. out of the boat? Like you mentioned earlier, what, what's yeah. your advice to the entrepreneur who's feels a little risky, feels a little wobbly? Yeah. My first step that I always recommend is uh, inviting him into your work through daily business meetings with God. So what that looked like, and it's part, part two of that is surrendering your to-do list. So the beginning parts for me, and, and I mentor people to do this and it, it works really great, is to, instead of just saying, hey, I've got my, whatever my morning routine is, I read the word, I do this, whatever, but have something specific where it's like, you've got your business thoughts and agenda, but actually put it before him. Lord, these are my thoughts, but what do you think about this? Lord, what is on your heart concerning this business? Lord, what is on your heart concerning the people that I serve? What is on your heart concerning my employees? Like really intentionally on a regular basis, inviting him into that aspect of your life and being willing to be still enough to hear. So you don't just talk all the time, but be willing to, be, to sit enough to hear and even if you don't think you're hearing correctly, you will be training yourself to recognize the voice of the Lord as you go on the things that you believe is what he's speaking to your heart about. Is it contrary to scripture? No. Do you have peace? Yes. Great. We'll take a step and know that he loves you so much. He will course correct you along the way. Right. But it's like training yourself to take the risk because it feels really risky in the beginning taking the risk. Like, was that really the Lord? Was that just me? Was it the pizza I ate last night? Like people get in this like really weird cycle of like wondering and just, but trusting that's like, no, he says, my sheep hear my voice. He speaks to you and you can hear. But if you don't take the intentional steps of inviting him in and giving yourself the opportunity to practice as you're reading the Bible, Lord, show me, like, talk to me about me in the midst of these words. Stop reading the Bible for achievement. Read the Bible and say, Holy Spirit, as I'm reading this, talk to me about me as, as I'm reading this, right? He'll give you all kinds of insight and wisdom. Sometimes he's just sitting there with your to-do list, Lord, what's on your heart for today? Just practice. And so you do that in the beginning and eventually it becomes your lifestyle. But in the beginning, it really does take the intentionality because you're breaking, you're, you're, you're trying to break a cycle of doing all the things on your own all the time. Right. So you break the cycle by being intentional about setting aside, whether it's 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, whatever you have capacity for right now in this season to steward, steward that and just watch God move. And you will be, you will begin to have a hunger to do that more and more and to invite him in multiple times of the day, not just that one time of the day. Like it will eventually become your life. It really will. But that's the starting point. I like that it's it's that faithful and little, and, and yes. I think that's such good practical advice. I'm so glad you said whether it's five minutes or yeah. an hour, start with what you can do, but just being intentional, you know, it's kind of like going to the gym, right? 
Like yeah. take that little bit of time, accomplish something, and then yes. that momentum will be there as you're faithful, 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 That's right. faithful. Car okay ride. If you miss a day. <laughs> Whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because people are like, but doesn't that become religious? Well, no. If you make it. Yeah. I mean, it could. <laughs> if you want it to be. But the point is yeah. for relationship and you're looking yes. to grow and invite him into something, that's not religious. That is building relationship. How do we build relationship? Time. If I want to right. build a relationship with my husband, if I want to build a relationship with a friend, what do we do? We spend time. That's not religious. It's me cultivating intimacy. It's yeah. religious when you're like, if I don't do this, right. God's not going to bless this business. If I don't do this, then I am no longer the righteousness of God. If I don't do this, then I'm no longer saved. Like that's religious. Yeah. Right. That's not what we're talking about though. We're talking yeah. about cultivating relationship. There, there's a saying I like, and it's that you, you can't mandate quality time. You can only mandate quantity of time. Yeah. And it's sort of like that. It's like, you can't say I'm going into the secret place and third and heaven encounters are having to go to happen today. No, you can just say, I'm going to intentionally turn my heart to God. Yes. And we'll see what happens. And we'll just see what happens. <laughs> right. I mean, in the beginning, cause I, I'm a, to, I'm a to-do list person. Like my, yeah. my thing is like on a Sunday, I'm thinking about the week I'm writing out the stuff for the week. And so in the beginning I was like, okay. So every day I'd say, okay, Lord, this is what I'm thinking about today, but what's on your heart for today? It was just as simple as that. Just simple. asking the question. Yeah. And when I had a business issue, when I had a decision to make about business, I was practicing. It's not because I didn't, didn't think I could make a business decision. If I don't pray about everything, I was practicing. Right. Lord, here's what I'm thinking about this. What are your thoughts? I was practicing. I was building a relationship, having a conversation. Lord, what scripture should I be reading today? That's all I was doing. There's something so powerful in what you said right there is because oftentimes it's not so much a matter of, do I know what to do or, or do I not know what to do? I mean, sometimes we don't know what to do. Right. Um, yes. But yeah, oftentimes I think for especially the successful or the very competent entrepreneur, the thought process is, I know how to operate a business what's necessarily the point i'll have an ethical business we'll give back to the community whatever but there's something so important in what you said which is that it's not just a matter of knowing what to do or not so real estate investor right he's been real estate investing for decades he knows a good deal when he sees one he knows all the right signs he knows how to analyze every deal he knows it he knows a bad deal from a good deal He's ready to do this deal. Everything, everything according to his experience, his wisdom, his all the things, anybody that he had ever asked, they would have said, do this deal. Holy Spirit said, don't do that deal. He has a choice. Now, if he never engaged God ever in any of these things, he asked God before every deal, do I take this deal or do I not? Why? Because he had that one experience where he was just like, he was like, don't take that deal. And then what happened was, he didn't do the deal. He actually had signed the thing, but then he got out of the deal or whatever. And then it turned out that it was a hot mess situation that would not have been good for him. After that experience, he's like, I seek the Lord on all this stuff because he sees beyond my sight. So I want to break someone's pride who believes it because they have experience, wisdom, and insight or whatever that they know everything. We don't know everything. God knows everything. We don't know everything. So the question becomes, do you want to only operate in your own strength and your own ability and your own wisdom? Is that the desire of your life? Do you think that brings glory to God? Do you think that that helps you to experience his best? The answer is no. 
The way you experience his best is by having the humility to know that regardless of what you know, it is nothing in comparison to what God knows and what he can show you and how he can direct you. I don't care how successful you are. That person I told that story about, he's a multi, 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 multi-millionaire. I don't care how successful you are according to the world standards. It doesn't matter. I don't care how many years of experience that you have. It's, it's the humility. It's the humility of knowing that I can stand in the confidence of what I know, but I have greater confidence in the God who knows what I don't know that helps us to excel and not place burdens on us that do not belong to us. The shifting verse for me was Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, but it was in the message. Now, in other translations, most people are, cons- uh, are familiar with this is when Jesus says, you know, come to me, all of those who are weary, you'll find rest for your souls. And he talks about how his yoke is easy and his burden is light, right? In the message, it says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Now, that doesn't sound like an attractive invitation for anybody (laughs) that I don't have to operate with with every business decision and its outcomes and all of these things on my shoulders. I, I I don't know what else does, right? That's the invitation. Whatever we can dream and whatever we can think, he can do that much more. Whatever impact you think that you can have doing things in your own strength, how much more can you have with the humility of knowing that if I do this with him, it'll be that much greater? That was a Mama Shea moment. I wish we had applause recorded so that we could play it right there with with amens. That, that, was, that was a whole so little mic drop brought to you by Amen. Mama Shea. <laughs> I felt Man. it for somebody, and that was Pierce's fault because he said something that triggered that. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what Genesis teaches us, right? Know who to blame. You know, this woman you gave me. So, yeah. I don't usually mama shave folks on the podcast interviews. Like, this is the first time they heard from me. I usually don't do that. Hey, I'm glad she showed good. up. <laughs> well, Shay, that was a, a good pen right there because uh, we want to honor your time. And uh, we end every episode with our, uh, our final five questions. Okay. So I'm going to transition into those. Sure. All right. Question number one, what are your top three must-read books, not including the Bible? These can be business, family, spiritual. It could even be your favorite cookbook. Okay. So uh, there is a book by a friend of mine uh, named Jim Harris, and the book is called Our Unfair Advantage. Uh, I think it's, I think the subtitle is Unleash the Power of Holy Spirit in Your Business. It's super good. It helps you make that shift to, you know, being led by the Holy Spirit. What else would I say are some of my top ones? That's hard because I read so many books. <laughs> but that, that one comes to my mind as, as, as a top one for sure. But I like way too many books that I'm not having to, the second and the third one come to my head right now. Well, we'll just plug, say Shay has two books out there. Those are also really good. So go check those out. <laughs> Start with Grace Over There you go. <laughs> yes. That's a good title. I'm going to check that one out because I, I love thinking that way. It's like, you know, we really have an unfair advantage. Like the guy who breathed into dirt and people jumped up, like we get to yeah. partner with him. <laughs> and it's not even to like to be competitive against the world. It's like, but he came for all of us. So it's to 
the world's advantage. Right. That we operate Everybody out wins. of this advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sweet. All right. Question number two. You can send a note card back to yourself when you're first starting off on your entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> what are the three pieces of advice you're putting on that card? Number one, you don't have to grind. Number two, doing this with God will be the best adventure of your life. Number three, uh, nothing is wasted in the kingdom of God. Every experience that you're having, like you don't have to feel like, oh, everything has to be so purposeful and I have to be so full. No, you're, you're young. Just do the things as they're coming to your heart. Know that nothing is wasted as you just grow and learn to be excellent in various areas and explore different things. Those are three. I might steal some of those and send back to Go for it. when I figure out that time machine. <laughs> All right. Question number three. How do you define success for yourself today? Uh, formula for success, faith plus obedience equals success. So if I'm operating out of faith, which has a corresponding action, and I operate out of obedience, even when things don't make sense to me, then I'm already a success. And the fruit of that success, you know, manifests as we go along. Can you say that math problem one more time? Faith plus obedience equals success. Awesome. I like it. I, I married my wife for her math, so <laughs> I, I, I'm not a huge math person, but I like that. I'm like, I could right. put that on a t-shirt. Yes. Yes. Success in the kingdom. Success in the gate. Right. Which is the the good kind. Yes. So number four, I'm, I'm really curious, uh, especially from you, when times have gotten tough, what, what's kept you from quitting? Uh, what's kept me from quitting is looking for God in the details, even in the hard stuff. Um, and I ha I've had some hard stuff since starting Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur and leaving other business activities and stuff like that. So we've had some tough years. But because I could always see God somewhere in the midst of it all and have yeah. peace, I knew that I could continue to go on. I'm, I'm curious, can, do you mind sharing? Do you have a story sure. that's top of mind for that? Yeah. So I had about two and a half years uh, in the midst of these last nine years that were very tough. I mean, that's when, you know, because the Lord had, had me put all my other business stuff aside and Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur wasn't bringing in a lot. It took a while before we started to bring in income. It took until what, a year and a half ago before I could even match my, for myself, not for the company, but for myself, what I was making in my corporate career. Right. So there was a lot of years in KDE where it was like paying myself just a little bit you know? And so there was times when it was like, it was tough. We actually had to sell our personal residence. I didn't expect that, you know? So there was some, we had to short sell our house, you know, like I, there was just things that I didn't expect. I lived with my brother-in-law for, uh, for a year. I mean, he's a wonderful, so it's not against him, but it was like, <laughs> you know, but it was like, you know right. what I'm saying? So there were some tough financial things, but I, I still saw God in the midst of that, I've got so many crazy stories of God's presence and, and provision being provision in the midst mm. of those toughest years. So I always knew I could keep going. And now I can look back and see so much gold. Oh my gosh, there's yeah. so much gold from that from those two and a half years that I, I would not like that are helping in this season, you know, that doesn't look like that. Thank God. But it's a new season with new challenges, but there's <laughs> gold from that, that that's helped the way forward and helps me to also understand other people's journeys a lot more. Cause I always was, I was the person who always had more than enough finances for things. I always had lots of discretional income. I didn't know what it was like to have more bills than money coming in. I didn't even know what that even looked like. I didn't know mm. what it was like to have to trust God to be provision. 
like yeah. for real. Cause in my head, I would never have said this, but my paycheck for my job and then my, my real estate checks and all of those things were my provision, even though I wouldn't have said mm. that. Right. Right. Man, that's good. Yeah. I wish we had more time just to go in because there's that's so a much whole to other podcast. Episode, yeah, bro. I know, right? I was like, ooh, and then your history and how does Man. that Man. Yeah. Woo. Listen, we we have we have been through off. We have been through the fire <laughs> and came out not smelling like smoke. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Shay, uh, question number five. What question should we have asked that we didn't? Oh, you know, I actually think that you guys did a really great job in this conversation. Um, I can't think of a, a specific, and there could have been a gazillion questions you could have asked, but you know, maybe we'll talk about them in the future or something. I think you guys, I think this has been a really rich conversation. So Man. thank you. Well, thank you for taking the time and uh, I'm excited. Everyone out there, uh, if you haven't heard her podcast, you, you need to click over and, and check that out. But uh, what else, how else can people find you and, and get connected yeah. and, and learn more about you have an amazing community. So how can they, they learn? Sure. About that? The, the best place to go is to kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com. That'll get you connected to all the resources, you know, the books, the podcast. One of the beginning points that I recommend for people who really want to begin to walk this out, either grab a book or grab what we call Firestarter School, which is available at the price of your own choice that goes over some, I call it like Kingdom Driven Entrepreneurship 101, right? Just some foundations to get you going. And that's at kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com slash Firestarter School. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Shay. It has been an honor. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a quick review. When you do, it helps other entrepreneurs find this content and benefit from it too. See you next week.